Pick the Nintendo Shack and pray. Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening says yo. Greetings, Kooplings, and welcome back to the Nintendo Shack. My name is Donnie Reese, and tonight we record episode 129 of the Nintendo Shack podcast, the flagship Nintendo show on the PSVG podcast network. Tonight's episode is full of game news. We got all kinds of new releases and everything, and we're going to answer the age-old question, can it run Crisis? But before we get into all that, please allow me to thank the patrons that support us over at Patreon dot com slash psvg i always get that wrong because i you know you get into the habit like our our website is psvg.blog mm-hmm. so i always like thank us over at and the, the moment you say p it's almost like baked into one condition to go psvg but no it's patreon.com slash psvg and you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna ask jason to do one of those little quick links where we can do like psvg.patreon and it go there that, that'd probably be a better idea to do um, but for all of those that support us at the producer level, thank you. I'm going to go in reverse. So thank you, Nick Fallhaber, Zach Bradshaw, Michael Massick, Paul Calico, Kyle Heyman, Devin Tyus, Chris McElfresh, Coach Mo, The Bonesaw, Josh Borboni, Barry Cathcart, and of course, I want to say our star patron, Callow. Callow's the man. He's got shirts from us and Christmas ornaments. And uh, Callow, I know we go out of our way to thank you as many times as we can, but dude, it's not enough. Thank you for everything that you do for all of us here at PSVG. Thank you, Callow. I'm going to get back to the standard format, and I want to open the show and just talk about how we're doing and what we've been playing. And the reason I want to do that is because, uh, I don't know, I just have a hunch. I I wanted to change it up. Um, I think I let uh, some critics, like, get the best of me. Uh, For a while there, we had some folks that were like, who cares? Just talk about the news. So I was always like, well, we'll just put the important stuff at the top of the show, right? But mm-hmm. I always listen to our own show because um, I'm kind of a self-critic. I always listen listen how the show sounds, listen to my own thoughts. I'm like my own worst critic. Um, if you guys have never – I mean, I know Rebecca listened to the show a lot um, before she joined us. Um, I'm really, really bad at when – especially when I get excited. I just start like inputting words that make no sense. Or like I'll try to say like a euphemism and it'll be like backwards. I do it constantly, all the time. <laughs> so I'm always like listening back to myself. And one thing that I think um, I have missed as a fan of our own show is uh, it's weird when you just like get right into the news. It's very like formal. Um, whereas like opening it up with a little discussion like we do now, it's a great way to like, you know, I don't know, loosen up, get everybody talking, get everything flowing. I don't know. I just think it's a better show. So I was like, you know what? I don't like that as much. Those folks that wanted us to talk news more uh, faster, more of it. I'm sorry. Go find another Nintendo show. This is the show we're going to do. So I tried. Didn't work. So Rebecca, what you up to? How you been? I am good. I'm still on the Animal Crossing grind for the most part. Um, is like the big Nintendo thing I, I've still been playing. Um, but I've been doing more with it. I've been experimenting with um, the terraforming that I unlocked, which I feel like opens up a brand new aspect of the game. It was so overwhelming at first, um, but I have acquired enough bells to be able to move around some villager houses and move the museum and just start making everything look um, prettier. 
Um, but I did experience a something that I want to share, a new side of like what I didn't know about the Animal Crossing community. I don't know if you guys have heard of um, Nokazan, what people have been using. Does that sound familiar to you at all? No, not. Never I got nothing. It. It's like Amazon, but for your Animal Crossing items. So I've heard of a marketplace. Yeah. It's like a marketplace. It's like a black market for mm-hmm. Animal Crossing but items. you exchange <laughs> real money. No, no. Bells, oh, okay. bells, bells, other items. Oh, okay. Um, Nook mile tickets, some people list for, um, but they're also listing their villagers. So if you have like a villager that's moving out, apparently another person can come and claim them to like adopt them and bring them to your village. What? Um, adopt so them? Like a way, yeah, a way to get other villagers. I don't know like, about connect. this. I had one of my Sounds villagers. real close to slavery. I'm just just going to put that out here We're right just now. just moving these animals all over the place. <laughs> then, don't, then don't judge me for what I'm about to say, Donnie. Oh, good Lord. Get all the cute ones. Is that it? No, no, no. So I had one of my villagers, Ozzy, saying, okay, I'm thinking about moving out. I want to expand my horizons. So I, I let him go. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to play God with my island. It's I not said, me, it's okay, you. Fine. Move away. Expand to the other human. You. So I thought, you know, people are listing their villagers on this Nugazan. Let me just list him and see what happens. Let's see if anybody wants to adopt Ozzy. Thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, like, no one's going to want Ozzy. I got a message today on Discord from somebody who wanted to buy him for a million bells. Wow. (laughs) What? So I can't say no to that, can I? I mean, you can. Well, does, does it come? Oh, it's, she's like, it's already over. She was like, I, <laughs> I rushed. Over right now. I opened the gates immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like this whole black market. And apparently like Ozzy isn't even one of the more popular ones. Like some of the really popular villagers, like they're going for like 10 million bells. It's crazy. So I hope you get the whole other side of the game that I feel like people don't realize is out there. All of the criticism that I get when I trade one of the starter Pokemon. I just want to say that out right now. I hope you get all of the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was not going to turn down a million bells. He was leaving anyway. Right. So it was either don't take the bells or take the bells. So how does this Nobody's mechanic work? Do they, they show up to your island. They just go talk to him and he just goes with them. So the way that, so my villager is all packed up in boxes. And mm-hmm. so the person comes to my island and talks to Ozzy and Ozzy says, hey, like, what's your island like? Hey, could I come live there? So it's and just that easy. Says, yeah, come, come live with me. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So it's. But how do you I, get I the million bells? Like, where? How does this transaction happen? The person dropped one million dropped bells on bells, my yeah. island. Oh, and I okay. Them up. How long yeah. does it take to drop a million bells? Like, how many bags know, of money is that? Because you can have in each bag, like I think it's like a hundred thousand. So I like, think it's like oh, a thousand bells per pocket. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame there isn't like a cutscene. It's like like a dark alley. You're like like in a trench coat. Okay, like under bills. Yeah, under like a light, <laughs> like Tom Nook's like driving around a little cop. That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo should lean into that. That'd be incredible. But there's oh that God. whole other side of Animal Crossing that mm-hmm. like I don't know if I'm gonna do that again, but Dark was, Side. Did, I didn't even think hear? anybody would, would take them. Yeah, did you guys hear about like the market over in China with, with Animal Crossing? Uh apparently what they do sometimes is that you know the app WeChat, that's a very popular yeah, Chinese yeah, app. Yeah. But what you, you you do now is you can you pay through WeChat and now there's a black market with Animal Crossing over there where they put the QR code for WeChat on the floor oh. of Animal Crossing and people make special designed items for people and they pay real money for it. And like And China doesn't like that. 
Uh, well, China doesn't like Animal Crossing in general, so they closed off the sales because they haven't approved the game over there yet. They only mm. sold via like uh, North America or European uh, sales over there. So it's it's an interesting world over there with Animal Crossing. It's yeah, actually quite like... popular over there too. Huh? That doesn't so. surprise me. I mean, people there's there's like black markets for all these little like collectathons. Or you can buy like Pokemon, like shiny Pokemon, yeah. leveled up Pokemon. Like there's a whole you can go to eBay and get any of that at any moment. Which is yeah, yeah. always Crazy. super weird, and that's real money. Yeah, that's at least like so sketchy. At least you're not like actually paying real money. So <laughs> no. when you first said there's like a black, that was literally what I thought. I was like, oh, she's, yeah. she didn't went to <laughs> a- she didn't went to eBay and typed market. in Animal Crossing villagers. You got oh, your I don't right even there. want to know how much like real money people are paying to adopt villagers. That's crazy. I mean, aren't people mm-hmm. paying like absurd like gobs amount of money for like those amiibo cards know. now? Probably, yeah, I yeah. think. So. Yeah, I think they're like real hot hot items. So yeah. But that's me with True. Animal Crossing. How is the the terraforming? Can you explain that to me a little bit. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's really overwhelming at first. Not gonna lie. So, okay. do you just get like a magical shovel that you can like just do everything, or do you have to unlock um, every little piece of it, kind of like a Mario Maker type you, thing? Okay, most of it you have to unlock with Nook Miles, but they're pretty cheap. That like you can unlock. Like I I've already unlocked everything with like maybe like ten thousand Nook Miles. I think it's like two thousand for each thing. So like, there's the the waterscaping, the cliff forming, and then there's like maybe eight different paths. Um, so you get, I think, the ability to do it, and then like you can purchase the different options after um, you get KK Slider um, to perform on your island. Um, but they kind of just throw it at you. Like, there's no real like tutorial or anything. Like, you can no. just go for it. Figure it out. Um, okay. but I was a little bit overwhelmed. So, like as soon as I got it, I didn't really touch it for a couple of days. Um, and then somebody told me just start small, like pick a, you know, one small corner of your Island mm-hmm. and then, uh, start from there. So is there material that you put on the floor, like brick or anything like that? Or is it just There's like no materials for it? So oh, you could just you do whatever you energy. Want, really. You just do it. Yeah. Ah, that's that's why it's really overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you, um, how much did it cost to move a house? It was, I think, I want to say 50,000 bells. Wow. Yeah, it's a good amount. Okay. That's okay. I vacated my island. Just abandoned the idea. You're just away now. Just over it. Yeah, I'm just done. The annoying part about moving the buildings is that um, I originally wanted to move my museum a little bit over and a little bit back, but you Mm -hmm. can't do that. You need to have like the whole open space wherever Mm. you're going to place it. So it's not very um, very user friendly. So I had to like scrap my plans for that okay but it's getting there it's a work in progress mm-hmm. sure sure <laughs> yeah um apart from animal crossing um i briefly started gree which i i wasn't gonna dive into that yet but um i just wanted to start it and mm-hmm. let me just say it's a sin that that game didn't win best art direction at the game awards last year that game is beautiful and I feel like that art style is so much more memorable that I can't even tell you what game won. Like, I don't even remember. I don't do really know? do. I don't do much yeah. of the game awards. Yeah. I, I admit that this year's game awards was really entertaining and I probably should have watched. Like, I was following along on Twitter. There was mm-hmm. lots of news and lots of trailers, so it was cool. Um, but in years past, um, I kind of had like an axe to grind with game awards. I always, It always felt like so kind of like, I don't know, like phoned in or like pre-filled it was basically like every yeah, you know like everybody totally got an award you know like they just kind of made it work so everybody got something and i was like oh come on this is not i always i don't know it felt disingenuous to me 
I just remember that game didn't win Best Art Direction, and I even more so now question why it didn't. Mm. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is. I told you, especially when you move. Like when when you first get control of the character and you start moving and you see the environment, everything bend around you, you're like, whoa. Because it's, yeah, it's real good. It's yeah, real I'm good. not too far yet, so I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say on it next week. But, like, that's just my first impression is, like, it's gorgeous. Like, it, it feels like I'm not playing a game, but I'm looking at art. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, and then I'll probably be starting Golf Story soon. Ooh. Someone... Ooh. Someone got me into golf story. It's required. Oh, no. It's required reading. You have to. <laughs> like I said, we cannot have Shack hosts that did not play, haven't played golf story yet. It was our first episode, Nintendo Shack 1, golf story. I absolutely love that game. I can't wait for you to play it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to start it right after I finish Greed, which like, I think probably shouldn't take long. I, I don't want to like overhype it for you, but I, from all the games that you've played recently and the things that you've said about them, I just feel like you're going to love this mm-hmm. game. So it's, do you, I mean, do you, you know what? I never asked. Do you like golf games? I you really haven't played any. Okay. Yeah. No Mario Golf? I probably, I think I had Mario Golf for GameCube at one point. Ooh. Yeah, we have to fix that too. <laughs> we have to fix See, that I, too. Did, I didn't play much golf games either. I I love Golf Story a lot. It it, it plays really well. And it's, okay. it's super cute too. I heard the writing is is pretty good. Hysterical. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, like, exactly. even if I'm not into the golf part, like that's okay. The golf part takes a backseat almost like what, like twenty minutes into the game. Okay. Like, right. The first twenty minutes, they're like, "Here's how to golf," and then like the rest of the game is like, "You're really never gonna do this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you start hitting golf balls at alligators and stuff. Hit ghosts. It gets like, crazy. It gets nuts. Okay. <laughs> that's well. That's the- I'll probably finish Greet, you know, this weekend, and then I'll probably be able to jump into that. Other than that, I, I'm being a bad Nintendo fan um, mm-hmm. with getting into some other games, but I'm borrowing Samsung 3 to get into Mass Effect. And so he gave me a whole stackpile of games that I'll probably work my way through this summer. Ooh, so Last of Us. Last of Us. Yes. Halfway through that. Didn't wow. touch it for like some months. But. Really? Well, because I don't have a PS4. Oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. But you have the PS3. Mm-hmm. You oh, played okay. there. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into it there. So, mm. well, outside of the gaming, how's how's quarantine life been? Not too eventful. I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky that I'm still able to work every day remotely. Sure. Um, not really a whole lot going on besides that. I feel like my life now is work remotely, and I have more time to play games now. Hmm. Which hmm. I'm, I have it pretty good. I feel like. I'm I'm almost feeling a little bit guilty that I have it so good. Well, over my neck of the woods, a tornado moved a house from the place that it that. sat at into the street. Just Dorothea house, literally just moved it. Um, we had boy, it's been a it's been a really really long week. <laughs> uh, my entire <laughs> weekend was full. We had a just a severe wave of storms that came through tornadoes, and we knew it was bad. Because like three days before it even happened, the weather service was like, it's going to get bad. y'all." <laughs> and wow. we were like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, not only are we already over, like, we're already like just full on. We have a mission right now. Just throw on top of that. And we had a, we, we, specifically my county, we had a small ESF zero tornado hit right at near the airport. Um, very, mm-hmm. very minor, like maybe a quarter mile through some trash around. But we were very lucky. But about seven counties south of here, yeah, the tornado at F4 
tornado goodness came through and literally uprooted and moved a house didn't That's rip horrifying. didn't rip it up didn't Just tear it to pieces picked it up picked it up and moved it into the street how so is like, that possible yeah <laughs> <laughs> we don't know mother nature was so. everybody safe no injuries oh my wow. god I may like imagine that like that's wow. oof, it's like being on a roller coaster or something. You imagine being in a house and just gets lifted oh, up and moved. Were people in the house? Uh, that I don't know. I don't think oh so. I don't think so. Um, but there were minor injuries in the town. But uh, like all of our statewide resources, our AMT teams, our power teams, and everything, they're all being dispatched there. Mm-hmm. And then up north, there's tons of trees and everything. So they came through around three in the morning. So that oh, was like. Wonderful. That was like my my Sunday night was stay up all night long and then do you know Wait for these weather. Storms. Yeah, and then on top you know just back to coronavirus activations, build systems, and all that stuff. It's been a long week. Like I'm ready. I would love to tell you I'm ready for the weekend, but I'm not sure if the weekend. We just got another one of those emails. Like the weather service. They're they're oh my and gosh. they're even feel bad. They're like guys, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But they sent one today. They're like, we're going to have a special conference call uh, tomorrow afternoon to talk about the weather coming on Sunday. And we're like, not again. Oh again? <sighs> it's getting tired. You're a storm chaser and you you help with, with the COVID stuff. Dang. Mm, you're you're mm-hmm. everywhere. Oh, it's just emergencies. That's what we do. Yeah. That, that's true. Our big, I feel our- like so guilty that people are so stressed. And like you guys are dealing with that kind of stuff. Like there is well, nothing going on over I want to be clear. Um, I'm not like public health person like taking people's temperatures and swabbing people's right. noses know, and stuff right you know i just help them by getting them the tools and equipment to do their job it's still stressful but for storm response like a big part of the of what we're doing now is recovery like there's i don't want to go into it like this is an antenna show but yeah there's a large amount of federal guidelines on how you can recover dollars that like the, the government has spent and that all falls on you like guess who doesn't want to do the hard accounting like nobody, like there's not a fire chief or a police chief that ever want to do that. So all of that gets kind of thrown our way. So we're doing that stuff. Gotcha. Um, and when I said all that to say this, I haven't been playing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we did start playing Jackbox this past week. Um, my daughter, uh, who rarely plays anything anymore, <laughs> uh, we got her to play because you can play on your phone. She was like, oh, I can use my phone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my wife got like strangely into Fibbage. And she won't stop asking me if we can play Fibbage. She's like, ooh, let's play the Fibbage game. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's enough. Like, can we cool it for a little bit? <laughs> um, but I, I, I've almost beat Kunai. I'm on the last world. I know I'm on the last world because it's getting so tough that I looked up a guide. <laughs> it's like, I need somebody wow. to show me where to go. Um, so while I'm not done yet, I'm sure I'm sure I will be tonight or tomorrow whenever I can play it again because um, I'm like – 20 minutes away from the boss. Here's the thing I'll say about Kanai. Kanai is great. Um, I think it absolutely deserves to be on the pedestal and thought of with all of the indie darlings that, that we always prop up with golf story, with SteamWorld dig, with hollow Knight. Like it belongs up there. Katana zero, a oh, wow. people need to think of Kunai like that. And I don't feel like they are for whatever reason. I feel like this game mm-hmm. came out. Um, it released and it went away without, very little fair fanfare. I'll say that. Like mm-hmm. I tell people I'm playing it and they're like, what? Which is, that's strange for me because a lot of the people I talk to on a daily basis, they all have podcasts of their own, you know? So it's very strange for me to be playing something that nobody else knows what I'm talking about. They're like, what? I don't even know what this game is. Um, I feel like I can wrap this up in a really nice bow. Kunai is like the brainchild as if you had Ori, Hollow Knight, and Steam World Dig 2. And you put them all in a blender and you spit out a game. 
It has wow. like SteamWorld Dig 2 type traversal, Hollow Knight-esque combat, and Ori type of exploration. Um, it's not quite as open as Ori. It's more like a Metroidvania. You get like these little sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all these callbacks to like retro stuff. Uh, one of the things I didn't say last week, um, because I just really started it, but I encountered this weekend, like my first boss, my second boss, um, you kind of have to go. I have the first one I had to go with like this gunship. It has all the Mario 3 vibes in the world. Like, you literally shoot up to a ship in the sky. Yeah. And then when you get there, it starts auto-scrolling, like, left to right. And you've oh, got to yeah. race the edge of the screen. Like, you got to get there. So, like, you you instantly feel that. Um, there's even some Celeste thrown in here. There are levels with, like, spikes and levels with, like, uh, like I don't know, like, electric panels that you can't touch. So, you remember I was telling you guys, this is the game that has, like, the two grappling hooks. And you're constantly yes. swinging back. Like, you've got to master it. Um, I eventually get a double jock, like a little, like a little float. Um, you get to upgrade like different masks. You make Tabby look all these different ways, like a Halloween mask, all these different types of stuff you can do. Kind of has like a box boy feel in that regard, mm-hmm. like the little customization you can have. It's real cute. Um, but like, you've got to, you've got to swing through these sections perfectly. You know, like every, like you, you have a little thing that you can connect to every so often, but you can't touch the sides, you know? So there's like some of that in there as well. I would 100% think this is a Jason game. I'm not sure if he yeah. has just stopped listening to us or he just doesn't listen to the Kunai talk, but I'm going to keep telling him at every turn like he needs to play this game because I think he'd really, really like it. Um, I just wonder if maybe it's the visuals. Like I remember I said mm-hmm. it's kind of like this Game Boy-esque, you know, minimal visual style. I wonder if that turned people off or never got, you know, the ball rolling for it. You're literally the only that. person talking about it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. I've so, never heard of this. The only thing that I knew about it, the reason that I even know about it is when it was released, you know, um, I think like most people, I probably visit, you know, the same blogs, like at least weekly. I don't want to say every okay. day, but at least weekly. And the week that it came out, all the Nintendo blogs scored it well. They're very short reviews, but they all scored it very well. And when did uh, it come mm-hmm. out? I don't know, a month ago, six, I, okay. I don't even it, know. It was what, earlier this year. I don't know what I did last week, so yeah. <laughs> I've lost all track <laughs> for time. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little bit. Ago. I'm a little late on this one. Um, it might have even been two or three months ago, but I'm a little huh. late on this one. But um, I always take notice when I see a lot of different outlets kind of circling around something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I buy a lot of indie games and a lot of little games. So anytime I see like, you know. 10 of my favorite sites all score at like 8.5 or higher. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy that game. I don't even know what it's about, but I'm totally going to buy it because, you know, and then the moment I started seeing people start talking about Metroid and Metroidvania and Hollow Knight and all the little things that they say about it, um, you know, I was in Ori gig, you know, so like I was kind of into that mood. So I was like, oh, I'm going to jump into this. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And like I said, uh, my my lasting review and impression would be that uh, it deserves to be on the pedestal with all those other indie games. And uh, I hope I hope one day it reaches there because um, I don't think I love it as much as Katana Zero, but like there's not a whole lot of games that I like more than this one between it and Katana Zero, so it's definitely up there in the mix, and uh, it's quite quite good, quite good, especially if you really get into it. And I think, like I said, if you liked Hollow Knight, if you liked Steam World Dig, if you like Shovel Knight or Ori, if any of those games do anything for you, mm-hmm. you should give this one a chance. It's like okay, it's like twelve fourteen dollars. Difficulty oh, wise, what is it? Which one of those games does it compare to? I'm sorry. Difficulty wise. Ooh, it's definitely. It is not as hard as Hollow Knight. It's not that hard. Like okay. I'm, I'm about to beat it. 
<laughs> right? Like, so it's, well, it's yeah, you talked about the difficulty. It's not that, that hard. It has harder platforming sections than Hollow Knight ever did, which is where like the Ori vibe comes from. That's where mm-hmm. like the SteamWorld Dig stuff. It's the platforming is harder than SteamWorld Dig. The combat is kind of probably more close to SteamWorld Dig or a Shovel Knight. It's just okay. kind of like a, uh, like a happy medium of kind of all of them. You know, it's like this weird hodgepodge of like a bunch of different games. Uh, okay. I think retro fans will really, really enjoy it. And uh, I'm almost scared to tell people because I could uh, I could imagine Jason like fly through this game like this game's not hard at all. <laughs> it's tough for me. I died a lot um, on my second or I think it was a third third or fourth boss. There's this one boss. It's mm-hmm. got electrical panels and you get a uh, ninja stars and you have to throw to hit the wall. So then you can grapple it and then you got to grapple up the wall so you can hit the switch with a ninja star, which is send a little shockwave down the wire to the boss. You got to run to the other side of the level, do it again, which will then make the boss vulnerable wow. to you hitting it. And then you got to do it all over again. You got to keep doing it. I died a lot on that one. I was like, this one's, <laughs> this one's doing it for me. Um, but I stayed in there and like, unlike the soul master, I stuck with it. And I, I, I was able to, I've never felt, if anything, I felt like I felt more lost than it's too hard. I've I've been like I don't know where to go. I feel like I've gone Which everywhere on this map. genre comes in exactly, and so <laughs> when I've been checking for like there's this uh, there's even like a Zelda section. There's like a lost woods. I think they call it like the lost forest or something. You gotta go find a person. It's basically a little um, you know, side panel puzzle where you you go left a screen, you go right a screen, you go down a screen, you go right a screen, you go left a screen, mm-hmm. go up a screen, you find out where you are. And if you go in any of the other directions the wrong way. And you start all over again. You're like, you're back in Lost Woods. You got to do it again. So there's like all these little nods to all these little series. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like when I've been well, playing yeah, it, I'm like, this is. on purpose. Like if they designed it to be like a. Like a hodgepodge of everything. Uh-huh. Like a ho- like yeah. an homage. It, it, it plays that way, at least for me. Like there's so many moments where I'm like, a little Super Mario. A little, a little, you know, a little, little Zelda here. Hmm. Yeah. A little Hollow Knight over here. Yeah, it sounds like, like that should be getting more attention. It's good. It's real good. You convinced me. Ooh, so, I'm excited. I think so. I, I'd be excited to hear somebody else tell me if they think it's hard or not, because mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't I don't want to scare people off. Yeah. I think it's a good challenge. Like Ori, I'm proud that I've gotten as far as I have. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. Ori, like Ori in the Willowist, I'm proud that I beat that game. I don't think yeah. many people will. <laughs> I think most people quit before they ever do. You know, so it's right. like, I beat that one. I did it. I stuck it. I went all the way to the end. And I think with Kunai, I think I'm the same way. It's not long. I think I'm maybe like seven hours into it. Yeah, that's not bad. Longer Resident Evil 3, which I beat this week. Uh, But I'll talk about that tomorrow when I head over to PSVG Prime. Uh, We'll make an announcement about the house party and talk about some other games, stuff like that. Cool. Um, The other thing that I got, um, I played a little bit today, and that is Good Job. I bought that, and I started playing it this morning. Um, I'm only, I'm not even through the first level. I'm through like the first three rooms in the first level. Um, so I, I can't really talk a whole lot about it, but mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, like it was shown it was, it's supposed to. It seems to run well, at least in my Switch Lite. Um, it's super funny. You know, it's the funny little thing you can. I didn't realize how much stuff you can interact with. You can basically interact with everything. <laughs> so it reminds me quite a bit of Goose Game. Like it's very hmm. similar. Okay. Um, but like you can take people's coffee and like throw it on the floor and it'll create like a coffee puddle and you can like take the water out of the water dispenser and like spill it everywhere. Um, so like the first 15 minutes was me just jumping around, just making chaos. And then I was like, oh, okay, I should probably at least go figure out how to play the game. So like the first one I was doing was like <laughs> how to get like meeting attendance and connect the Wi-Fi routers and stuff like that. I, I do awesome. think the, uh, the menu system for the game is really, really neat. Um, you start in reception, which is the ground floor. 
So instead of you having like this overlay like menu, you don't. Basically, the menu is like uh, like an elevator. Like you go to the elevator and you go to the next floor. And the next floor has two or three things you got to do. And then you get on the elevator and you unlock the next floor. So it's very – it feels um, seamless. Like you're never taken out of the game. You know, it's not like the overworld or hub world or anything like that. You know, like you don't have like a – uh, like a splash screen that pops up and it's like, hey, you got to do these three things before you... it's like it all kind of feels contained in itself, nice. which is fun. I do enjoy that about it quite a bit. Cool. What's up, Garrett? So, what you doing, man? Uh, so I've been playing more Mario Plus Rabbits. Yeah. Uh, I streamed some this past weekend. Ooh. Isn't that on sale for a crazy price right now? It's like $14. Yeah, I think still, yeah $15. Like everything for with the DLC. I think that's insane. Us, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 insane how much content. If nobody has um, that, it's a Mario game for fifteen dollars. Like you gotta buy it. Yeah, and yeah. it's a really good game. At it that. is really. Um, good. I'm on the third world still. I'm at the boss, the final boss of the third world. And let me tell you, this this game has style. Like that. Which that boss, third boss is that? That one's the Shakespeare one. Where yes. The, yeah. Oh, that one's rabbit, great. Like, that goat that's like a ghost that's like a Shakespeare and he just sings. It's a whole musical too. Yeah. He's like, he's going into it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm on that. I actually uh, lost that battle. So I have to restart it. Um, I didn't realize what to do in that boss level until like I actually play a few more times. Like I feel like that's on like half the levels where I'm not sure what to do or how to make this successful. And I would try a certain thing and then I'm like, oh, I have to maybe change up my tactics a little bit or change my characters in this game. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just uh, rinse and repeat going over and over again. And, like, you know, levels that I beat that are like, hey, this was fair. You did it in seven or eight turns instead of five. And I'm like, great. Once I get everything done and I'm done with this game, I'm going to go back to those levels and try to make a good or a perfect. I'm like that kind of into it. I want, I want to make sure I master everything. And I'm getting myself prepped for XCOM 2. You make me want to go back, but I don't know if I can. I haven't played the game yeah. in so long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just got back into it. Like, you know, it's. Been- I remember Luigi being <laughs> like, just, he was always on my team. Didn't he do like the super, oh. didn't he do like the sniper thing? Luigi's a monster. Yeah, dude. he's a beast. That's yeah. what I remember about he, that. I was like, he, Luigi's he, a must he, have. You put them on a high ground and monsters are done, man. Like you snipe them out. And then I had the skill level where. There's a skill Overwatch where, you know, you can look for enemies in their next turn. You can shoot them. Um, you just activate that skill. And I upgraded that. It's like you can hit twice. So once a big guy is moving on the other turn, Luigi just shoots twice at them yep. and it's a crit. It's the most satisfying feeling ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing that. I'll play more of that this weekend, actually. Have you um, already done the DLC or did you never do it? No, no. I'm trying to beat the game now. Okay. Um yeah, yeah, I just got back to the third world. Um, oh, how many more worlds are there? There's like two or three more. I think I think it's around I, there. I don't remember at all. I'm, I'm over halfway done. I'm the things I remember, I remember the ghost. I'm sure if you told mm-hmm. me at all, I'd remember. I remember the ghost. I remember the yeah. there's like a graveyard, like uh, the ghosts and stuff that you do. I remember that Yeah, part. that's the third world. Yeah. Um, I remember the final part with you had to like do all these switches to change all these pipes. I remember that puzzle took oh, me wow. forever to figure out. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I feel mm-hmm. like my lasting memory of that game is the DLC, Donkey Kong, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So all different wanted, visuals, um, yeah. different play style too, which I enjoyed. Um, I don't remember what I said about it, but I remember saying something something <laughs> changed in the DLC that I liked more than the game because um, okay. I finished all that too. So Okay. I'm, I'm very excited to get into it then. Uh, next thing, I've been actually – I 
I'm surprised I'm obsessed with it right now. Um, the Bravely Default 2 demo. I got back into it. I streamed it for a couple hours um, way back when. Um, and then I got back into it. I beat the demo, but there's still a final boss thing. Guess how many hours I put into this demo? Just hour-wise. 16. No, not that much. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, eight and a half. Oh, that's um, a lot for a demo, though. That is yes. a, it's a lengthy demo. Um, I beat the demo in four hours or five hours or something. Um, but the reason why I'm playing more is because there's a final boss to it. So the reason why I want to get back is to beat the demo. I, I realize now what I was like kind of missing, and that was the grind. I was like, all right, I really got to hunker down on these lower level monsters, beat them so many times. And what's really nice about Bravely Default is that <clears throat> you go really fast. You can go as fast as you want. Um, if the monsters are easy enough, you could just do a just huge amount of braves and just do multiple attacks at these monsters and boom, you're done with the battle in like 10 seconds, like not even. So even the grind, even though it may take a lot of battles, it's an extremely short amount of time. And once you're beefed up, you're ready to go. So that's what I did right before I hit that area that was too strong. I, um, actually mastered some other jobs as well that gave me skills to uh, get into this next level. And then I beat the boss and everything. You get a new class, a new job, once you beat the the thief or whatever. Um, or the, the class is thief. Um, and so you can look at their skills as well um, after you're done with it. I've mastered that. I'm on the final boss and I've maxed everything. The only thing I have to do is max all my armor and weapons and everything. And then I'll hit the, like, it was this giant worm. I tried to beat it this morning, actually. Uh, but yeah, it's still really hard. Um, and like, the turn order is still wonky to me. It's still random. It's There's no defined set. Even I'm trying to figure it out. It's like, no, it's not based on speed stat or anything. It's purely random um, how this battle goes. Um, I was actually doing quite well with worm. And then it beat me in one hit. Like, it was like, all right. I'm going to do like four or five battle points and you're all dead. I'm like, all righty then. That's a little disappointing there. <laughs> so I'll get back into it. I want to raise all of my skill sets levels and, and armor and then see what what do I get at the end? What do I get at this end of this this stupid worm thing? Uh, sorry. Can you say anyway. that will transfer to like your progress will transfer? To no. The, it doesn't? So you're doing all of this and it's not even going to transfer? It's a weird obsession I'm having right now. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I don't know what transfers. All, that all over again. Well, it's completely separate. It's like, uh, oh. what's the other game that they did? Crap, I'm I'm forgetting the game. It's like a like a like a prologue. It's like a standalone thing. It's a separate oh. demo thing. Yeah, like a side oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, and it's like oh, okay. was Octopath get, like that? Octopath. That's the game I was thinking of. Right. Yeah. It's a separate demo with just like all the characters and you. So it's not something that the progress should transfer. Yeah. Right. They're they're getting information from us. They're gonna send out a survey. Like I a feel beta. better about your eight hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't. You're not doing much to sell me on this game here. Well, no. I, I, this is I'm, two times now. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. it's a grind, man. I wouldn't I, give I this game to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in what Carol has to say about this. Oh, sure. Um, I know. I know she's a huge fan of it. She's um, predisposed to loving it. Like just yeah, doesn't matter yeah. what it is. It's just you can boot up Mario <laughs> one one. It's a grind. Yeah, exactly. The question We're is, will she leave her island for it? Ooh, I don't. Think I'm sure so. she will. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, eventually she will. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. So yeah, still battling that out. Um. I'm trying out a new game. Um. I just started it. I actually got it on sale on Switch. 
uh, about like a few months ago for like $7. It, re- it comes on sale a lot. It's uh, Phantom Doctrine. Um, it's um, originally on PC, came to other consoles. It is a strategy RPG game, a tactical RPG game, just like XCOM or Moon Year Zero. Um, and it's the setting is an espionage, like you're in the uh 19 i would say early 80s late 70s with like kgb and russian um cold war it gives me vibes of metal gear solid a little bit not as zany but like that that time that era so you're kind of like a covert operation you can either be kgb or uh, cia and you go through their story um so the tutorial uh they're like hey do you want to try a tutorial i'm like sure and then so i do the prologue mission no steps at all. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to have to figure all of this by myself. Um, so you, you start off with a limited set of characters, like three characters. And then I had to figure out, okay, you have two action skills and then you have like a shooting point per character. All these characters have different skills that they have. So I'm still at the, I just beat the prologue mission. I'm still trying to get my grounds on it. So I don't want to give like too much impression saying it's good or bad yet. But let me tell you, it's not really for like new users. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. recommend anyone that's like interested in tactical RPGs but doesn't know about them much. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend this game right now. Um, play play Mario Plus Rabbits first. That's an easy again to type of game. Um, but this one, it, they know their audience, I think. Um, and so uh, I'll, I'll try it out a little bit more. The visuals, it looks rough. Um, and I think... I kind of knew that coming in, right? I, I looked at reviews. Um, the Metacritic score is not super high. It's like in the low 70s, I think. I knew what I was getting into. I was like, okay, I'm trying out like a smaller dev, experimental type of tactical RPG. We'll see how it goes. It doesn't look well on Switch. So, I mean, I, if you really want run super smooth or, or whatever, try on PC. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it, what I've been doing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let's get into this week in Nintendo. Let me check my time here. Mm. I'm trying to go fast so we can get, we get at least a couple of these questions yep. that we got. Thank you so uh, much for everybody week. that submitted questions. <clears throat> Crytek has announced they're bringing their classic first-person shooter Crisis remastered to Nintendo Switch, among other consoles. That mm-hmm. news comes from the series' official website, which leaked overnight um, a trailer, an embedded image, and a little briefing. They have since confirmed the news. This is all out. Um, but uh, when I wrote this down, embedded in the source code was the following, quote, Crisis Remastered brings new graphic features, high-quality textures, and CryEngine's native hardware. And this one's interesting. API-agnostic ray tracing solution for PC, PlayStation, xbox and dash for the very first time dash nintendo switch so i do i I need to hear from the pc folks that know more about crytek than i do is this like some sort of software emulated ray tracing are they basically like trying to call their lighting system ray tracing ish because there's absolutely no way that there's actual ray tracing happening on switch it's impossible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the yeah. switch cannot do it but maybe they have like some sort of simulated engine that's like it and that's what they're calling it or maybe they just meant for consoles and not not switch but even the current gen consoles can't do ray tracing like real ray tracing it's not using hardware right it has to be yeah, some sort software of in, 
in-game type yeah, of it's an engine solution. thing and um i've seen comparisons with those especially like tomb raider there's a bunch of those so okay. it's got to be something like that um tomb raider takes a massive hit on pc when you do simulated and so far like the returns on simulated ray tracing i wouldn't say are good um it's just kind of like a way of <laughs> describing like a lighting engine but it doesn't look like super great mm-hmm. but that's kind of missing the forest for the trees because uh, we're going to see if the Switch can run Crisis. And for those of you that don't know Crisis, like our very own Forest Minish, um, yeah. Crisis was all the rage back at the launch of the last generation, mm-hmm. PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. So Crisis was like the just overly abundant, stylish, visual mm-hmm. fidelity shooter that came out on PC. And for the longest time, not for like a year, like when I say the longest time in like a decade, it became the measuring stick to it's measure still the measuring stick yeah. to measure your PC's performance yeah. against other PCs is how well does it run this game? Oh, wow. Because the mm-hmm. visual fidelity of this game um, and, sequ- and subsequent sequels, but really this one um, that came after it was, it was like very at the time it was next level. Now, you know, there, we see lots of similarity. A lot of people have taken it. But at the time, mm-hmm. um, I played Crisis. I'm not a Crisis person. So I'm not going to – like I wasn't enamored with Crisis. So I didn't play mm-hmm. Crisis 2 and I didn't play Crisis 3. But I definitely played it because I wanted to see what it looked like on my 360 because I heard about it on all these podcasts about it on PC. Mm-hmm. 360, it was pretty. Um, it was pretty straightforward if I remember. Now, you got to forgive me here. This is like 2008, 2006, something like that. It was a, a long ago, yeah. time ago. Um, but what I remember was I played like what I would call an average shooter. Like it was a shooter. Now, obviously, I played it solo because I don't play multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So this is strictly my story campaign. It was a straight, you know, kind of cookie cutter story. Um, I remember it had um, really cool stuff, like a lot of things that people have done since. Like I remember like the cloaking thing being a big deal, right? Where your entire character could go like completely invisible and you saw like these predator like see through things around like tons of games have done that since, right? And that's you know, that's kind of a crisis thing. Um, I remember the thing that I remember most was the environment. Uh, New York, right? Boston? Like it was like a city. I think it was mm-hmm. New York. It was like a cityscape, but it was overtaken, like overgrown. Like, gotcha. like not like maybe post-apocalyptic. You can tell I don't remember much about it, but definitely like that, right? The streets were flooded, you know, like, you know, leaves and vines and everything was growing over everything. It was very lush, vibrant, lots of grass. I remember those one of the first games where I really paid attention to grass, like blades of grass. Like that was how textured it was, you know, like when you run around Breath of the Wild and you see the grass move and you can hide in it. Crisis did that in like 2007. It blew people's minds, you know, like that was that was it. Um, So this is very exciting news. I'm excited to see how well this ports, you know, how well this holds Mm -hmm. up. It's the same team that did uh, Witcher. Yep. Saber Interactive, right? Saber Interactive. And they're doing World War Z, too. Yeah. They got they got some work, man. They're like, hey, we just made some magic with Witcher. Well, get a load of this crisis. It's it's like, hold my beer. Let's just go, man. Um, oh, man. But wait, didn't we describe the Witcher as being playable? Right. It's playable. So it, it can it works. I'm with you, Rebecca. This is interesting because if this game doesn't at least, I think, stack up to what it did on 360. 
That would be the bar that I'd set for a Switch. Yeah. It's got to be better than the 360 version. If it doesn't hit that, I, I don't know. Like, then, it's gonna who's be... the audience then? Who's buying this on the Switch? Same people bought Warface, right? Yeah. Who bought that? I mean, Jason, <laughs> there's a few a few folks. Like, there's, <laughs> there's people out there. I played a round or two of Warface. You know, just casual folks that are into okay. shooters. Okay. Yeah. Um, people play Doom or Wolfenstein as well. Yeah, probably. Doom. I just, um, I'm talking about like why why on the Switch and not elsewhere. I, guess I think it's the portability. I think the idea uh, is like, just to do it. I think just having it on just Switch. To say, like, I okay. think that's absolutely <laughs> what this is about. Like, look at what because yeah, there are certain games that even if you take a little bit of a hit, I would call I would qualify Witcher in this that it's still very impressive to be able to play it on the go. Like just yeah. being able to have it a portable, you're like, dude, this is really neat. Um, mm-hmm. Call of Juarez is kind of like that. Like playing Call of Juarez like on Switch, it's kind of a cool mm-hmm. experience because you feel like you're playing like a, this is a console game. Yeah. You know, like because it looks great. It's not like some of the other ones they take a huge hit, but we'll have to see because this is you can tell on current gen hardware, like an Xbox One X, they're gonna throw everything they can at this. They're gonna try to make oh, Crisis yeah. look gorgeous, and if the Switch version is running at 30 frames a second. It's like dropping below 720p. It's going to look like a disaster. It's going to look like a, you know, I don't want to cuss. Yeah. It's going to look terrible. It's going to look <laughs> awful. Because <laughs> um, that's what this game does, right? Like, that's its thing. Its thing is, look how pretty yeah. and fluid yeah. our game. Huh. What actually, Doom is the perfect example because the thing that I remember about it back in the day was how, like, beautiful it ran. And I feel like that's exactly, like, I'm playing Doom Eternal now. Uh, I love Doom 2016. That's mm-hmm. like the Doom space now. Doom is incredibly smooth and fluid and looks amazing, you know, in real time. That was kind of crisis. It was fast. Right? You could like jump and all this stuff, you know, like hop over all the different arenas and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So I'm excited for it. I think this is really cool. If given a choice, will I buy it on Switch? Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> Why probably was that not. not announced in like the direct mini? That's a good question. Maybe because they weren't ready. And there's, you know, there's all the talk now with pubs and devs wanting to own the day and, you know, be by themselves yeah. and all that stuff. They had their own agenda, probably. Too. Okay. Maybe Nintendo, Nintendo didn't really like reach out. Maybe either. they weren't ready. That's that another too. part of it. They're like, yeah, we're not sure we're going to. Because we didn't get a date, it. right? Even the, 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 I don't yeah, think so. We didn't so. get a date. So, like, they're still not really ready. And like I said, um, I'll go ahead and read this now. Saber Interactive CEO Matt Karch has revealed that the video game adaptation of World War Z. It's headed to Nintendo Switch. And he said mm-hmm. that, quote, it's the hardest task they've ever had to do getting the game ready for Switch. Quote, keep in mind that we are rendering scenes with hundreds of enemies and four players online. Um, so these are the same people, same company. They're doing both these games. Here's the th- I'll just cover this news now. I love World War Z. I beat yeah. the game um, with Bad Bit and Sean. We played it together and... I adored this game. Game Pass Game of the Year for me. That's what I called it. It's really good, yeah. And uh, I don't think this is going to run well on Switch at all. <laughs> it's going to be a <laughs> trash, I think. Um, Frames are going to skip. Because it's, mean, it's there's like, just so many zombies, so many renders. It's all netcode. It's all yeah. netcode. Like, this game is meant to be played online with friends. It's constant multiplayer. Yeah. I can't go well. That can't go well. Like, it's just, I'm watching, like, no, not a chance. But they think they've got some... They've got some magic in hey, the water. If they pull this off and they pull Crisis, then you know what studio to go to for porting. Yeah, like You're right like, now we've got what? We've got Panic Button and we've got Panic Button these well. folks, Saber. Yeah. These are also the uh, NBA two ground the NBA Playground 2K folks. Same company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So 
We're, we're gaining our powerhouse studios that know how to port. I wonder if they're going to do that for like, you know, future on end. Like, are these studios just made just to do porting or do they hope to make like their own games? Well, there's probably a business in porting. They probably don't need to make their own games. Well, like Crytek is huge. They made um, Far Cry and they made like oh, Rise. Okay. Now Saber Interactive is doing the port, right? And like they did NBA 2K Playgrounds, which that's their own game, right? It's not a mm-hmm. port. They make that. They made World War Z. That's their game. They make that. Okay. Um, but maybe their um, experience on putting games on Switch lent them to working with Crytek to do the port. Okay, gotcha. Uh, because I'm like I said, I'm sure Crytek is throwing all the 4Ks and God rays and everything the can of Crisis, and I'm looking forward to giving another chance. You know, like I said, I never was like super enamored of the series, but mm-hmm. I definitely played it because of all the buzz and it. Re- I re- didn't review like super high. <laughs> like, I, I'm, like yeah. I've got this thing in my head in like 2007 and being like a game of the year contender. Like reviews to the roof. Everybody loves Crisis, so I'm excited to go back and uh, oh. see what it looks like on Xbox One X. I'm sure it's going to look amazing. Um, Arc System Works dropped seven classic titles on the Nintendo eShop for $5 a piece. These include Double Dragon 1, 2, and 3, Crash and the Boys, Street Challenge, Super Dodgeball, River City Ransom, and Renegade. Uh, you guys might remember that these were included in the Kunio Kun Retro Brawler bundle, which you can get all of them for $40. And Double Dragon and River City Ransom is in the NES yeah. Nintendo Switch Online, right? Yep. Is Super Dodgeball in there? I don't. I don't think so. I want to agree with you, but I just. I'm, I'm not sure for whatever it reason be, when I read it. Sound familiar. It sounded right. Um. So let's get to tonight's main course. The Switch has a firmware patch, version ten point zero point zero, which adds, among a lot of things, a bookmark feature to the console's new section, an option to remap controller buttons, the ability to transfer wow. software data specifically updates in DLC between the system memory and an SD card and some new Animal Crossing profile icons. Got to get those the in there. Icons. Um, I actually have a, a, an experience to share with the DLC movement because I think a lot of people may have read over that bullet point. Mm-hmm. Um, I am somebody who bought NBA Playgrounds 2K at launch and bought the expansion to unlock all the rosters. And mm-hmm. I transferred the game from my Switch to my Switch Lite. Mm-hmm. Guess what didn't transfer with it? The DLC, wow. Didn't get to unlock any of it. Can't re-download it. Anything. It was lots of that. Why can't you re-download it? Because it's like, just when I go like, when I go into the system, it's not there as an option to be downloaded. And when, I, when I'm when i in game, um, when I try to go to it, it asks me to re-buy it again. It's like I haven't bought up. it. I, right. That is messed up. So That's weird. when this update came out, I was like, ooh, I can finally move my basketball game over and play <laughs> it on my go because I haven't played it on the go ever since I got adopted a light. Mm. So uh, I'm I'm sure that there are other examples of that happening probably. to people. And it's probably minor, right? It's not news headline worthy. But I bet there's a lot of people out there that's gotten some heartburn over this. So I'm, I'm happy. That it just feels like it. something that should be a thing anyway, regardless Absolutely. of those kinds of issues. All of these things should be a thing. Cloud save should be a thing. Like, yeah, no, like Nintendo's got yeah. all of those. Um, the custom controller is uh, quite good because anything anything with choices is great, right? Accessibility, yeah. letting people do that. So Jason asks, have any of you remapped the controls? I have it myself personally. Uh, would be great to have them set to specific titles or profiles. So you can save up to five per controller. Not oh, wow. like per scheme, 
literally you save five for the left Joy-Con, five for the right Joy-Con, five for the Pro mm. Controller, five for the light. Everything has its own individual thing, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, my first thought was, I think it'd be great if I could map all of my controls controllers to be the same. I I am one of those people that hate that my Xbox and my Nintendo controllers are backwards from each other. Right. And I'm constantly going back and forth. And you can do that. Well, you can, except, right, like when you get that in-game prompt for the button, it's still going to be like the button's going to be colored like the button, right? You know, so you're going to get that button and you're going to be like, oh, which which one is it again? I don't know. Like I can always move it and maybe I would get adjusted to it, but I always, I don't know. I always... I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever, like, grow accustomed to that, too. Mm. Maybe I could give it a try. Right. Yeah. Well, what, I don't know. What would you move it to, though? Like, what, Just flip-flop what, them. Like, I want A, B, X, and Y to read yeah. from left to right instead of from right to left. On Nintendo, they read from right to left. It's outside, right, inside. Right. On Xbox, is inside, outside. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So, so every I time I, I go just... back and forth, I'm always like, oh, yeah, it's this way, that way. I guess I just had muscle memory because every time I feel an Xbox controller, I'm like, I know where the buttons are. And then when I feel a Switch or any kind of Joy-Cons, I'm like, I know where the buttons yeah. are. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Actually, I was playing um, I was playing Breath of the Wild on the Wii U emulator, and I actually connect the Xbox um, with it, uh, the Xbox controller. And what you have to do is map yeah. all the buttons and triggers. Mm-hmm. And so I mapped it the way you said, was I actually flip-flopped um a b and x and y where i like every time i see actually the game the a button i actually press the physical a button on my controller so that's like the bottom button i've realized though it's really hard to do that because now i'm confused because i have there to go b when i'm running and then i have to i'm like wait which one is attack again right it's x so i have to and jump too i had you know yeah you can run and jump in breath of the wild you have to flip your thumb like to the other side i'm like Yikes! I, I guess I'm gonna have to remap it again um, to see where that goes. So, well, you can- I, I've been seeing people um, remapping using um, like the control scheme for the NES games on the NES um, Switch library because the mm-hmm. two buttons on the controller are right next to each other. I guess a lot mm-hmm. of people are finding it kind of awkward to to have them mapped like I guess the A and B being like diagonal from each other. So remapping it so that they're what do you switch like I guess B and why would it be whatever it would be mm-hmm. um, to make it more consistent with like the OG NES controllers. Um, but I haven't, I haven't switched any yet, but I'm a big advocate for accessibility in general um, in games. Um, so even though this did come three years into the Switch's <laughs> life, um, I, I don't know. It's always better late than never, I think. Sure. Um, Nintendo hasn't always been very disability friendly, especially in like the Wii era um, with like the motion controls. Um, and I, I just think the ability to remap controls is so essential for a lot of people to be able to play games at all. Um, there's so many mm-hmm. conditions where switching the controls um, will allow people to play games that maybe they wouldn't have been able to. Um, you know, being able to remap it so that you can just play on one Joy-Con for a lot of games or being able to store, you know, several controls so that like if you're for people with chronic pain, if their hands are getting cramped, they can switch the controls to make it a little bit easier for um, whatever their condition is. So sure. um, this is big. I, I applaud Nintendo for adding this. Didn't mm-hmm. we get that? It um, should be. It should be. I think an industry standard, and it's not. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. and I think everybody. I think gamers everywhere will agree with you there. Um, and we got that really touching video last year of the guy that like set up the Xbox adaptive controller so his daughter mm-hmm. could play yeah. Breath of the Wild. 
would hope that this would make stuff like that more attainable, easier Absolutely. to adopt, and all kinds of different things. Yeah. And I'm so glad to see other companies are kind of following their lead with this. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can Definitely. never do enough. Um, and I also like with Super Smash Brothers, I, I totally get with Jason. I remap everything with with my characters too. So if, if we're doing the same thing with like action platformer games, that's really cool for me too. With Smash, um, can you do it? You do it in game though, right? Yeah, you just do it. I have that so set up. I have that set up the exact same. I do exactly. The same thing. So so before any of this, right? You could just set your own controls within the yeah. titles. Um, I think like I even play Hollow Knight on PC with the Steam controller and then the Steam controller, I can map it to wherever I want as well. I actually put the jump button at like these back pedals of the Steam controller. Mm. So if I could put the jump and attack like on like uh, the trigger in the face button, that makes it so much easier for me for action platformers, actually. So, I mean, I think that's one leg up um, remapping these controls as well. Another thought that I had, a reason why I don't think I'm going to do it, at least on, on any of my controllers, is what I mm-hmm. for the kids to pick it up and it'll all be backwards. They're like, and they're like what is this? <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, I could do it maybe for my light and just test it on my light. But then mm-hmm. I run into this, like, this is how in my head I get about it. I'm like, but then if I want to grab the pro controller, I have to remap that or just, yeah. you know, so like, ultimately I come to, I'll just, have, I'll just keep doing what I do with it. They could have one. You could have one. Yeah. Just go back to normal. That's true. But the other thing that, that I've been seeing people use this for is disabling the um, screenshot button on oh, player yes. controllers so that they can't take a billion screenshots. Yep. Yep. Those pro controllers, that was a tough to get used to. Like when you first did it. It yeah, really the, is. Yeah. The pro controllers, like the the, the light and the joint cons and everything the issue with, but the pro controller happens yeah. quite a bit. Quite a really? bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They're like right there. They're like right there. They're We're both- accidentally hitting the the screenshot button on the pro controller when i first got it oh yeah really mm-hmm. okay look at this this is shame and you're hearing live I, I live I shaming she's like mm-hmm. okay i could okay, see that more on the joy-con <laughs> i thought okay, you were gonna the joy-con. No? the joy-con the screenshot button's at the bottom like you shouldn't even your thumb shouldn't even be down there unless you're trying to take a screenshot oh, my, my whole hand is covering that part oh so. i see what you're saying you got like, the grip you like it I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the more exciting news, or at least the more speculative news, getting to, to Shackalore. Yeah. Uh, data miners have noticed preliminary support has been added for a Switch model titled NX-ABCD. And three of the five new DRAM profiles are for this new hardware type. Uh, for those of you that are catching up to all this code name, NX obviously was the Switch's code name. And the ABC number that f- follows thereafter is the model. So, for example, the light is nx Dash ABCB. So this is actual code for a different model. Um, the data miner that leaked it, I believe his name was, I should have wrote his name down. I want to say it was Eric or something. He's in all the blogs, everybody that's referencing it. He said there's evidence of a secondary display of sorts being added exclusively to this model, which has led all the bloggers and all of the folks to weigh in into pundits with their own ideas. I think the mm-hmm. first idea that came out was obviously a TV only model. Right, you've got the switch. It docks the TV. You get the light. Mm-hmm. It takes away the dock. You play on the go. So, what do you follow it up with? You follow it up with a box that plugs into the TV, so you can yeah. have the switch light and the dock in the thing. Yeah. Um, but the dual screen thing, or a secondary display, we don't. I don't know, dual screen might be going too far. Actually, is interesting because that has led all kinds of people to like. Is a clamshell coming back? Are we going to get two oh, screens, no. like a switch, and then a switch screen that like folds up? <laughs> Could you um, imagine? 
I've seen some clever people. I never would have thought this on my own. I've seen some clever people say, like, I wonder if this could be a controller. Could it be mm-hmm. like a Wii U controller with a screen built into it that lets you do mm-hmm. like dual screen gaming on the dock? There's all kinds of ideas. Piper in the chat, 3DS games. Like that's the obvious thing that everybody's going to. Could this be yeah. the, the an inkling that 3DS support lives on? Uh, I don't think that. I think that's a little far-fetched. But yeah. I, I think naturally where this is heading to is that <laughs> Nintendo wants to now make this more powerful, right? We have a hybrid console now, and the architecture behind the Switch is purely based on mobile devices, right? It's based on tablets. It's based on NVIDIA Shield. All of this is is based on that. So they're limited by the, that technology. It makes sense naturally to have a TV-only model and try to get more power behind it by still got to keep the structure. same chipsets but we do know that there are better improved more efficient chipsets in the same family the tegra line uh you can get okay. the digital foundry you can get the mako chip and stuff and you could see um i believe they, they have a long video about it um if they were to go to this more advanced chip um it would be efficient right out of the box games would literally play better without any development at all um there'd okay. be better frame rates better resolution it would it's just more efficient it's a different um micro architecture process these mm-hmm. are things that my xbox life have made me read and learn about so it's like you know i don't know seven nanometers versus 10 or whatever it is uh, but it's better it's just better out of the box they're like literally just put it in all switch games are better so mm-hmm. if you're if you're going down that road of switch pro there's like there's some stuff there some evidence to support your claim yeah and then the secondary display i mean yeah maybe some devs are allowed to have this secondary screen experience if they want but at the same time we're so far into you talking like your phone no no like okay what what do they say the secondary display right no no i know but when you specifically said the secondary screen experience i like flashback to 2012 when that uh-huh. was all the rage at E3, it was like Xbox Smart Glass and Ubisoft had one. Uh-huh. And th- that was a thing. Everybody had a, m- a mobile companion app for every game that came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> no, I, I think it's going to be like, well, I, I would say it's more like the Wii U controller. Um, I don't know if you take it on the go, like outside your room. It, it depends on the price, right? It can't be just like. Here's your Nintendo Switch Lite secondary display and a home box pro console. That would be a lot of money, I would guess. Um, but maybe they're trying to do that where, hey, all the games that you really want to be like really nice in, inside the box to the TV. Sure. Here, here's your console. And then here's your hybrid uh, secondary display that you could uh, play on handheld. It may run games less, but at least that's there if you want to take it on the go. That's that's what I'm thinking that Nintendo's trying to do. What do you think, Rebecca? I don't know. I feel like Nintendo is all about innovation. Mm-hmm. You can't predict what the next console is going to be because they're going to come up with something that none of us have thought of. And part of me thinks they have it so right with the Switch and the hybrid model, and I hope they never stray away from that hybrid model. Um but that's not Nintendo. They're going to innovate. Mm-hmm. They're going to make something new that I didn't even know that I wanted. I think as long as they have the hybrid, they can bounce back that's, and forth to this and fence honestly, as I much think, as they want. 
That's yeah. the important part for me. That's the part that I hope doesn't go away. I don't know if I would be super into the idea. Like I'm not super into the idea of getting a light because I like the hybrid model. I, I don't know if I would be super into the a TV only, even if it is more powerful. That's not why I have Nintendo consoles. Um, I, I do like the hybrid nature of it and I hope that doesn't go away. Dual screen. I don't know. I would have to see it to know if that's something I would. <laughs> Dual screen clamps. sounds nuts, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound crazy yeah. to have a clamshell heavy, switch? Right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what because like there's a part of it that thinks if you make the screen more square, right? Mm-hmm. If you shrink it, you make it a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. There's totally space to do like a Game Boy Advance type clamshell thing that Joy-Con snap onto. It's totally I, possible. I have another idea. What if we make the bottom screen touch screen? And the top screen, not not touch screen, right? Level with me here. And, and then instead of joysticks, we get just just these slider sticks on the left and this little thumb C stick on the right, right? Would that be a great idea? No, no, oh, no. it's a terrible idea. No, no, I'm, I'm describing the 3DS. on the top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm describing the 3DS guys. <laughs> um, I was gonna say that's not. I thought so when in my head when you were saying like we just get a stick, I literally thought you meant like all touch screen buttons and two joysticks two joysticks i was like no like no i'm not gonna support anything without actual (laughs) buttons um yeah this is crazy we've got some questions with steven i'm gonna get into um Mm. so maybe they'll bring out a little bit more out of us if they come out with a tv only model what would it need to do to make you purchase it even though you already own one or more switch consoles okay um this is where I went first. I immediately went to, I wasn't even thinking like a performance upgrade, to be honest with you, Garrett. Mm-hmm. I think they could sell an Apple TV like box. Again, oh. think about this, how, what a form factor they could make this into a TV only box. It could be a Roku. You're talking about a little chipset, a little Roku in a box, right? They sell it with a controller, $199. It would totally sell. It would absolutely sell. People would absolutely buy it. Um, cause there are people just like there are people that I only want portable Nintendo. There are absolutely people that are like, I don't want portable Nintendo right. and they don't want to spend for it for, you know, for the, for the OG system. So I could see that being a thing. Um, it would need to be cheap. I have 199 or less. I would say less unless they included a pro controller. If they threw a pro controller in there, I, I think a, a, I think that could be tempting for people. A little Roku box um, with the SD card slot Wait, and the what Pro is Controller. Roku? I'm not familiar with that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Roku are the little streaming boxes. Well, now they're not really boxes anymore. Now they basically are built into TVs all the time yeah. now. But there are these little boxes, like maybe the size of like a deck of cards. You plug an HDMI cord and power cable into, and you could just it had all the apps on it. Basically, turned any TV into a smart TV. Had hmm. Netflix, had Hulu, had all of it on there. So all of my kids have had Roku's for a decade. They don't even know how to use cable TV or remote. We've had nothing but Roku's like that's how they've come up. And now all of our TVs, we have all the TCL TVs. It's all built into it. So we have Roku TVs. It's it's all they know. So forgive me for thinking it was secondhand (laughs) knowledge because it is to us. Um, So I could see Nintendo. I could see that being a thing, right? They made the, the portable only like they're basically doing what everybody said for them to do during the Wii U. Like the Wii U came out, everybody was like, this is ridiculous. I don't want to pay that. Make it portable, right? Like cut out the gamepad, make it handheld, and then make the, the home system. That's basically what they're doing now, except in reverse. They give you the hybrid first, which, again, going back to a point which is made, Rebecca, that's the key. Giving people the option to do either or, and then bouncing out and going, here's the portable, here's the TV model. And you can upgrade the portable and the TV model as much as you want. Here's the 2016 version. Here's the 2018 version. That's how that space works. We've had, what, 
three, four different versions of an Apple TV, a billion different Roku's like that space works that way. So, um, that'd be really cool. Uh, Steven, I think that'd be, that'd be neat. Um, but I would like Garrett's idea most. I, w- I want a yeah. switch pro. I take it any, f- any version it comes in. If I got to buy another box to do it, I would, if it could run, um, breath of the wild at 1080p 30 locked. Like I would even take that. That's the little, the littlest benchmark. They're like 30 frame rates locked the whole time. I'd be like, I got to buy something else. I got to go get another one. I got to replay the game. I think they're going to have to beef it up a little bit more pretty soon too with these uh, next gen consoles coming up and these third party games are going to slowly start optimizing for that too. I'm not saying it's going to be this console. Do they? I don't know. They're I, I selling like tens of millions of these every things. generation. Right. They, they don't need power. They, they need are games. selling out to be honest, constantly. My, my answer for Steven's question is a lot more simple. The only thing that the next Nintendo console needs for me to buy it is a Zelda game. There you go. That's that's about it. <laughs> and that's so Garrett, I'm I, I'm with you. I would love more power. Absolutely. Yeah. I want more power. But they got Breath of the Wild 2 coming and it makes no sense. Yes. All it from takes to release to anything, I would say before that, they could yeah. release something with it just to kind of restoke the flame. But it makes no sense for them to release anything more powerful before that, because everybody's going to buy that anyway. That's true. Yeah, maybe my timeline's <laughs> a little bit off. <laughs> so um, you save it either for that or after that. But there's no point right. in it releasing anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his second question. Do you imagine this being this year, though? No. I don't. No. No, 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 no. No. These okay. are just we get data like remember we knew about the NX 2 years before it came out. That's so true. This stuff yeah. happens. Um if the new model has two screens, can it be successful next to the existing models? Would it result in a situation similar to the new 3DS where some games are only run on one model? Okay. If it's dual screen, then I have to assume that some version of 3DS support would come to it. That'd be the only real reason for going dual screen at this point. And I think it's possible because I've seen, I mean, I've seen emulations do it. I think it's very Mm -hmm. possible where they could bring 3DS games to Switch. Original Switch owners could toggle back and forth like like a start screen and they could play the games. But Switch dual screen folks could play it as it was intended. Um, I think it's messy as all get it's out. It's going to be very messy. And I wouldn't touch it at all if I was running Nintendo. Like, this sounds like a disaster. Like, why would you even mm-hmm. go near this? But, Rebecca, as you said, this is Nintendo. And they do things like this. Mm-hmm. And screen technology has come a long way. You can do all kinds of stuff with screens. And I got bendable screens and foldable screens and all this stuff. If they've got something that we don't know, we don't know yet. They, they might surprise you. They might come out and be like, look at this thing you never thought you wanted. Now you all have to have it. It could be cool. They do it. They do it all the time. They do. So the second part of the question, would it result in a situation similar to the new 3DS where some games only run that model? I don't think so because they actually tried that on a couple games and it just flunked, right? It was a huge they, disaster. <laughs> it was such a disaster. <laughs> When Xenoblade Chronicles, and I don't even know what other games really came out that, that was notable. No, it was, ooh, ooh. It was the Super NES games. Wasn't there like a Monster Hunter game or something like that? No, actually no. not. There was another no. game. I can't remember what it was, but there was another game. I wanted to say, Pikmin? I wanted to say Fire Emblem Warriors for some reason. Oh, it was. It was Fire was Emblem it? and Hyrule Warriors. The, both of them. I think they um, were exclusive was... to Pro, and they may have patched one um, or to 
yeah, new 3DS. There was another one that was yeah. There the were Super yeah. Nintendo Virtual Console was exclusive. Yes, that's to it. that's it too, which yep. was weird. Like I I don't get that. Totally either. made me upgrade. I upgraded that. I'll <laughs> yeah. never forget that day. Me, Jason, and Kevin were so excited for Super Nintendo games <laughs> coming to 3DS. I bought a new 3DS the day it came. I was like, oh absolutely. <laughs> what? It's good to stop talking. I'm that fan. I'm that fan. I mean, I I loved it anyway. Don't I mean yeah. faceplates. I've got a whole box of faceplates That's I can true. show you guys. <laughs> so I was already in, but the Super Nintendo thing pushed me right <laughs> over the edge. I was like, oh man, Link to the Past, 3DS, yeah, done. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. I'm sure we'll get more news about this. This is a crazy rumor, and I'm excited to see where it goes because I, I love I love the ideas, and I want to see mock-ups. I want to see mock-ups of what a dual-screen Switch looks like. See- Remember the fake Nintendo Switch that we saw? It was like yeah, an old shape. Like, oh. oh, God, that was a mess. It totally got me. I was like, this has got to be it. Look at it. <laughs> like, the animation was so good. I was like, look at it. Yeah, Breath of the Wild really looks good. awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the weekly Shonen Jump issue 20 has just confirmed that Jump Force Deluxe Edition will be heading to Nintendo Switch, at least in Japan. The Switch version of Jump Force is set to release this year. It will include the first nine characters from the first character pass. This is the fighting game that has uh, Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and you know, Goku and all the stuff. And then One Piece um, came out on Game Pass. I was interested in playing it. Mm-hmm. Never did. <laughs> I could never got to it. I was always playing something else. Um, if anybody in our Discord or anybody is interested and wants to talk to somebody, Nathan gave it a good play. So I would I would hit up Nathan on on thoughts on the game. Um, interested to see what it looks like on Switch, like all the other ports. Um, the footage that they showed, if that was Switch footage, didn't mm-hmm. look great. So it wasn't yeah. like super enamored. And I think it Isn't was Isn't it graphically footage. demanding? Like it looks really nice, right, on PC and Xbox. Yes. So. It's a good yeah. looking game. That's a big part of it. It almost has like this kind of like um like the new Pokemon movie, this quasi-realistic yeah, kind of approach. That's kind of what right. it looks like. And uh, yeah, it's like the Switch version definitely looked like the resolution was maybe cut right in half. Cutting right, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> what, what they showed with this, I was like, ooh. <laughs> so anyway, please be excited. Okay, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, we are an hour and 15 minutes, Rebecca, and you have Sweet. 10, 15 questions. So how about this? Uh, yeah, I don't know. How much time do we have for questions? Uh, pick your favorite three, and we'll save three. the other ones for next week. Boom. Okay. Um. Oh, you told me to order them, and I didn't. That's okay. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. We had a lot of Animal Crossing questions this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I thought was really interesting, Soundscape wanted to know, why does every outlet hesitate nominating games like Animal Crossing for Game of the Year? Do games without a story automatically get left off despite having fun gameplay? Isn't gameplay what defines the medium? Wouldn't that be most important part of the product? I'd like to go first if I can. Go for it. Um, go for I it. saw this question as well, and I'd like to just provide a little uh, resistance to the question and then set you guys mm-hmm. up to rebuttal me if, if that's where you're going to go. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't think Soundscape's true. I don't think this is true. I, I think Animal Crossing New Horizons will absolutely be in the Game of the Year contender list for this oh. year. Um, unless there's like a bunch of stuff coming out that I'm not aware of. Um, based off what I think I'm seeing this year, I think you can, I mean, like it's not rocket science. Last of Us is going to be there. Maybe mm-hmm. Ghost, Cyberpunk. This yep. game's definitely going to be there. Uh, it's going to be in the mix. The last time that we had an Animal Crossing game that came out, 2012, right? New Leaf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the year that like Journey came out 
and uh, The Walking Dead came out. I, I think like maybe right. one of the Mass Effects came out or like another big shooter. There was a lot of stuff that came out that year. So that year, I don't think Animal Crossing made the cut. It doesn't mean Animal Crossing wouldn't have been con- included. 2012 is one of the best years of gaming, I think, collectively we've ever had. It was a great year. There was, I think there's, I looked it up earlier. I don't remember them all. But mm-hmm. when I was looking it up earlier today, after I got the question, I just went and looked up when New Leaf came out. There were like 10, 12 amazing games, like generational games that came out that year. Gotcha. I was like, oh man, like New Leaf is great, but New Leaf didn't cut the mustard, I think, at that level. Um, so I just want to provide that little bit of resistance that I, I don't necessarily think that people won't include Animal Crossing. Um, I think we see, especially now more than ever, you got to think about game of the year. I put that in air quotes. I should have done it in the video. Speak with me. Game of the year. It's really kind of a new concept, even though like blogs and sites have been doing it for a long time, maybe since like 2005, Mm -hmm. but it's really only been somewhat universally claimed since like this gen, right? Like we have the game awards, which basically sets the standard for game of the year and every outlet does their own but none of them are like considered game of the year except for what the game awards does right mm-hmm. like we can all kind of agree right they kind of mm-hmm. take the lead on yeah. that that's been around since like what 2015 maybe 2016 like it's, it's new Somewhere around there yeah. right so like we don't have a whole lot uh to to really wait against but i think since its adoption since we've gotten to there we see all kinds of indie darlings get included or get yep. bannered about, or at least be in the mix. We saw Disco oh, Elysium be in the mix, and like Celeste was nominated. Celeste Goose Game, Cuphead. like there are all kinds of Cuphead. There are all but kinds of this stuff gets put those, in there. I don't know. I oh, so I think that Animal Crossing has more of a chance for a nomination this year, just given like what the gaming environment looks like this year. Um, oh, mm-hmm. I think you're spot on with some of the other things that will get nominated. Um, not. Not saying like because they they don't do this. So like what I'm about to say is wrong. I don't know why I'm about to say it, but it's almost <laughs> as if like there is a like a Nintendo game that is nominated each time. There isn't like <laughs> no no no. There's not. But if there is something like if we do happen to get like Breath of the Wild two this year, I don't see both Breath of the Wild two and nope. Animal Crossing getting nominated. It's Animal Crossing is going to get the Family Game of the Year award, yeah. which and is basically the best the Nintendo game yeah. of the year award. Yeah. So why why is that the case? Well, like why wouldn't it be if it holds up? If it's you know it, it got really good reviews. It it's getting so much social media attention. Like this is the only game people are talking about. You know for a whole month. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit nuanced that that people are sharing so many experiences. I think that's the big part of Animal Crossing right now is that we're all sharing our islands, our memories. And I think it's about the experience as well. So when I think of Game of the Year and it's like, what's your experience with it? And I'm like, I think that's going to be a huge consideration. Yep. Uh, his second part, he says, do games without a story automatically get left off? And I'm like, well, not necessarily. And there's not, a, I would say, like a ton of games that get Game of the Year that is without a story. Like, I can't really think of one right now. But at the same argument, like, there's a lot of games for Game of the Year where the stories are not the greatest either, right? Like, it, the, this, right? The story is not the main part of those Game of the Year. So, I don't know. I would push off a little bit of that. Isn't gameplay what defines the medium? I, I um, think more and more, maybe not. I, I think gameplay is a huge component. Of course, it has to be actually decent. I think at this point, but you know what you mentioned, like The Walking Dead, Telltale's Walking here. Dead. I pulled it up. It, yeah, 
we got Sekiro, God of War, Breath of the Wild, Overwatch, The Witcher 3, Dragon Age, Inquisition. So at least if we're going by the Game Award standard, it does seem that games with stories tend mm-hmm. to win out more than not. But I mean, Overwatch is in there. Overwatch, yeah, but they have a great expansive lore, but it's not sure, in the game. But it's not in the That's game. That's true. Right. That's true. Um, I'm going to so you- go on a limb here. Absolutely, a big outlet will name Animal Crossing New Horizons its game of the year this year. That will of course. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think so. Now, whether it wins now. game of the year or not, we don't know. Like, it depends on, like, mm-hmm. again, like 2012. Another thing that I remembered about 2012 was New Leaf came out in November. And oh, games true. that come out that late seldom ever get included because you know they're 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 not they haven't had time to build yeah where animal crossing will have time to build its case all year long and i also think animal crossing is a lot more mainstream now it wasn't before um so i think that this this one is a little bit different than others like the even though the others might have been like worthy of really good scores might have been worthy of nominations on any given year not enough people really played it to know like it wasn't mm-hmm. out yeah, there enough. it was 3ds too yeah it's a big part of it, it wasn't but like now, a triple a like lead big, on a lead platform a big title especially not not just for nintendo but for this year i think mm-hmm. given it's yep. the stay at home and play it game yep yep so i think it has a better a better chance this year than it would given the circumstances the only thing that i think would i mean and I'm, i just want to be clear it not winning doesn't take anything away from its greatness. I think it's going to yeah, be right. included. I think a big part of it won't really mean anything anyway. Exactly. I, <laughs> I, if you hear me like dancing around kind of all of the issues that I've had with game awards <laughs> like this, I'm like trying to play this dance. <laughs> um, we do this even in the PSVG team, you know, Kevin runs up the, the game awards for our own stuff. And even then I'm like always like this terrible devil's advocate like constantly badgering the whole time about categories and choices um i I just always have that in me um but what i was gonna say is this year will will go a long way to actually does does last of us release does it get pushed does it get pushed out of this year does cyberpunk come you know like do they actually hit that's the big question and do they hit and and meet all expectations that's another big thing you have games that come out with all those expectations some of them don't live up to it, right? And that's a big part of it. Like, it seems like Animal Crossing, for most people, has exceeded all expectations. Like, it's, it's been a surprise even to, to most folks. So, in that regards, I think Animal Crossing is a strong case to make. Mm-hmm. Two more questions? Go for it. Do we have time? One more. One more <laughs> question. One, one more. more. Okay. <laughs> one more question. <laughs> I bolded two of them. Pick one, Donnie. do it neither of them are animal crossing related Ooh, they're good though uh, they're, they're really good they're good i'm gonna go with john z what expectations okay. do you have for future splatoon games hmm. so splatoon 2 is my most played game on the switch why wow. a lot i think i'm in i think i'm almost at 400 hours in that game i jumped in last week i was playing it for a bit I love that game, but um, I think so. One of the one of the things that I think Splatoon two added um, to the sequel was the new mode of Salmon Run, mm-hmm. um, that was super fun, super enjoyable. That made it different enough from Splatoon one. Um, mm-hmm. I personally would want to see another mode like that, um, not like necessarily the same as Salmon Run, but um, some other kind of new mode for there to be that would make it different enough. Okay. Um, can I pitch? Addition- can I pitch you a mode? 
Go for it. Rocket League. I went Metroid Blast Ball in Splatoon. Like that same thing. Oh, if you ever yeah. played Metroid Blast Ball, it's basically Rocket League yeah. soccer. Except instead of hitting the ball with a car, you shoot it. And you get specials and power-ups and you play that. There was little um, little inklings of that in the Octo expansion where you had to push a ball from one place to another. So Correct. I could totally see them doing that, actually. Yep. That's a good idea. That Metroid Blast Ball game, I played the mess out on 3DS. The game is amazing. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, I've been saying the same thing that you've been saying. Uh, I think it needs more party modes. It needs more yeah. evergreen modes. It needs a lot of quality of I life improvements. That was going to be my next right. point. It needs to, I don't think the map rotations, there that's should not garbage. Be map the salmon rotations, garbage. There should not be salmon yeah. rotations. The voice chat is like kind of a map. Like all of that needs to be overhauled. Yeah. It needs to be made into the competitive multiplayer game. It is. The single player is great, actually. It needs to okay. stay that way. Just leave it alone. Just make more of it. It's basically like 3D world with guns. It's great. Um, so leave. Just do another one of those, but it needs more party modes. It needs more things you can do by yourself and with like local co-op or online with friends that's outside of the competitive space. Maybe like a like a horde mode, like Salmon yeah. Run, more things like that. Give me a couple more options. Put it all together in a package. Splatoon 3 out next year with Breath of the Wild 2 and you're off to the races. I agree. I think for a game that's so multiplayer heavy, it was very multiplayer unfriendly at times, like trying to get a group of four people on a team in just a casual setting, like not ranked, you know, yep. not late. You need to be able to make your own stuff, um, do your we, own tournament, like all the Smash stuff. Enjoying, yeah. It was so annoying. So yep. yeah, that game <clears throat> needs a lot of quality life improvements, I think, in addition to a, a new mode just to lure people in. The customization part of it, I think, could always be... I don't want to say overhaul. They do a really great job with it. They have tons of options. Oh, I, I just, like it. I don't think a whole lot of the options to somebody that's more... I don't want to say... I'd say casual. I mean, I've played it a bunch. played several hundred hours like you have. Um, <laughs> I just don't really care about them a whole lot because I don't think they're... You don't need it to be good. I don't think they... they they don't think they have like a whole lot of differentiation besides like the class. It'd be really, really cool if I can Nintendo fi my inkling and like add all kinds of different stuff to it, you know, like make it look like get Zelda inspired gear or Mario inspired gear oh, or other there types so of things. There's so many like, ideas of using amiibo for that. Like if you scan your Zelda amiibo, give mm -hmm. you a, you know, a, a hat or a it. tunic or. Yeah, they could have done so much with that. And I don't yes. know if amiibo are going out by the wayside now or not, but that would be really cool. Yeah, maybe on top of the modes and quality of life improvements, what I would like to see, maybe clans. That would be kind of cool. Okay. And, you know, have a PSVG clan and we can level up our own kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I would like to see more. Oh, God. Uh, what? <laughs> How have we not said this already? I feel like everybody at home is like, why are you saying it? You're going to say a Battle Royale. It needs Battle Royale. It, does not need okay. a battle it totally royale. needs Battle Royale. Every popular shooter in the world right now is Battle Royale. It totally needs Battle Royale. Yeah, it's by the time Splatoon 3 comes out, Battle Royale is not going to be popular. Oh, that is so not true. Battle Royale is super popular. It's the most popular <laughs> thing. It just keeps it's getting gonna be more, around for a while. more popular. Is to do it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because be what you were talking about earlier, right? Like you've got the horde mode with Salmon Run. You need to make it available all the time and make it bigger and better. You do yeah. that, absolutely. And then you do like the blast ball mode, oh, like I'm talking about. And then you do battle royale. And then that's it. Like those are your three new modes, new yeah. single player, like, like, multiplayer. Has a different ink color and it's like just free for all. Like, or you could mix it up and make it free for all. Like you could literally, oh, you could get crazy with Splatoon battle royale, specifically the way they design levels. Like with all the sponges and the way you can traverse and move in the water and stuff, Splatoon Battle Royale could offer something Battle Royale has never seen before. Hmm. Um, just because it's a completely different type of game. 
I, I had thought it would be kind of interesting to have more than two teams, but I think maybe a battle royale fun would be. That would be a lot of colors on fun. that map, and it'd be awesome. It would be. I don't know. It maybe maybe you, maybe you maybe you lock the color. You can't swim with that. But maybe colors. you lock the color. Maybe it's not know. a color thing. Maybe it's just a winner take all thing. What? You know, king of the mountain. Maybe yourself is green and the rest is red, or, or something, something, like, something that. like that, right? Uh, yeah. Where you all use—I don't even care if you all use the same colors. It's it's yeah, exactly. it's a PvP type mode. I would just right? be so, worried about like navigating. Like, if there's that many other enemy ink colors, you're not going to be able to get across the map easily because you're, you're going to need a mini map. You're gonna—I don't or know. Maybe like, like I said, you can only swim through your own ink color. Maybe you use all to use the same color. Or maybe there's like maybe. two colors. If there's two colors, it's that's plenty. I think if there's two colors, and yeah, you can still you can still splat everyone else, even if they're your color. I think yeah. that would have to be how it would be. Mm-hmm. Of course. And, and do guns in in uh, Splatoon? Do they have any upgrades on them at all? Kind of. Okay. You get like better versions of them, like different. Oh, models. and like okay. you can add the I forget what they're called. Yeah, you get you little get three buffs. To add like okay, I want to run faster, or I want it to be oh okay. You it's know, more powerful. Oh, look gotcha. at Kyle. Kyle in the chat says, you all run from a giant tidal wave. Yeah. Yeah. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. <laughs> I just want any kind of new mode. I loved Salmon Run. I spent so many hours playing with friends. In, in I Salmon would Run. have if I knew when f- crap we yeah. could actually play. Like the whole fact that it wasn't available really bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Nintendo was a little bit nervous about not having enough people to populate each of the, um, the modes, but... That game was so popular. Again, they need to get away from it a lot. There's still people playing Splatoon 1. You could go on and find matches wow. in Splatoon 1 on the Wii U right now, tonight, yep. if you wanted to. So they got to be more confident and just... Just go for it. Splatoon for 3 it could be great. It, yeah, I think I really do think it could be, and I'm excited for it. I will buy it. But it can't, <laughs> it can't go to that next level unless that quality of life improvements. Like, they can't... If they come out with another one, and they're like, you've got to click through five minutes of map updates before you can even play the game... And you can only play on the tower level for the next six hours. Like, I'm not even going to buy it. Like, out of protest, it's like, I'm not doing this again. I have that game. I have Splatoon 2. They need to fix all of that. Like, that's the one big thing. Fix all of that so I can get into the game faster. I can find mm-hmm. matches faster. I can play with my friends faster. I still don't know why they didn't make it the the intro skippable in Splatoon 2. That was such a big criticism in Splatoon 1. And they and But they let you skip it in 1. They eventually patched it. You could pass Did it. Did they? Yeah. You could hold down a button and go past it. And then Splatoon 2, they're like, no, nah, that was a bad idea. Yeah. We didn't want to do that. <laughs> but so that's the thing with Battle Royale is like, do you have any faith that Nintendo can actually like netcode this thing to where it runs? None. Like no, zero. Did, no, even like, I guess it was like halfway through Splatoon 2's life. It got overrun with like people hacking. We and- were like oh, joking. Really? We used to joke that they, that when you, uh, when they were doing the map rotations, they'd literally go like cut off the server and go cut on the other server. <laughs> <laughs> go plug in Mori Towers. Like, like come you on know? now. <laughs> it seemed like how it was running. It's like, what is happening over there? Yeah, I will so. be first in line to buy Splatoon 3, no matter what. No matter what. Even if they're like, you got to do the intro and map rotation, oh, yeah. everything. You don't care. Oh, yeah. You're a sucker for I'm that. I'm there. That's my favorite, like, honestly, one of my favorite games. I'm okay. with you, but I, I, oh. I do expect, I expected more out of two. I realized it was a fast turnaround and everything, and it was good. I played it like you for 100 hours, but after that, like after two, I can't do it again. The one thing is, though, if they do put out a second game on the Switch for it, it has to be good enough to convince enough people to buy it so that it doesn't split the fan base, like so that there are enough people online playing Splatoon Mm -hmm. 3. Sure. 
Um, because if somebody just likes Splatoon but doesn't love it, they're just going to stick with Splatoon 2. Well, in multiplayer modes, you could do cross-play. Right? You could share. You could share the same maps. And if those maps are, like, open, you could let those people play uh, together, right? Maybe. Yeah, sure. There's no reason why not to. Maybe you can't play on the, the new, new Splatoon yeah. 3 maps, but the ones that are shared can all play the you same Yeah, that's thing. interesting. I don't think Nintendo's ever done anything like that. Like a classic Splatoon 2 mode on Splatoon 3. Yeah, because it's like multiplayer, that. right? It's just multiplayer. So, yeah. like, if you're both playing on the same map, there's no reason to really segment those folks. Yeah, that's you know, interesting. Just, just kind of back and pat, let them play together, and then let the new folks play on the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you guys have any suggestions with the mechanics? Like going into the ink, coming out, is there anything Not new? Really. Would you no, like it? Solid. I think they, they really... They nailed that down from the that. beginning? Yeah. Okay. The, like right. the, the concept of Splatoon, I remember that first Splat beta test demo that the Splat beta that did on mm-hmm. Wii U. From the moment I played it, I was like, oh, this is this is killer. Like they've, I, they've the moment I saw the they first yeah, it's like they've like, Nintendo fied shooter. Like this is it. Yeah. This is what they've done. Got it. Yeah, it's got it. Spot on. It's good. Yeah. Cool. And I, I love play um, more of that game. I always love that because of the turf war aspect, you don't even have to be good at shooting. Like my kids can play. We can That's play true. together. Um that'd be another great thing. I would love more split screen stuff, like split screen mm-hmm. multiplayer. Let me play online with me That's and true. my son together. All I've of always that. wanted that for Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Throw all of that in there. Make it. There is a world where they make like the greatest Splatoon three that we could imagine, and it is like the killer game. Like if they literally wow. dropped all their ideas into one game, like I see it in your eyes. You just close, you're just like yes! <laughs> Splatoon is very closely behind Zelda for me. Oh wow! Very close. It's good. It's real good. I miss Splatfests. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's an hour and a half. Uh, thank you for all the questions. We will get back to them next week when we return for the Nintendo Shack. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have so much news. We can crank them all <laughs> out for you. But keep them coming. We really appreciate it. Um, but with that, that'll do it for us tonight in the Nintendo Shack. And we will see you next week, Koopalings. Bye-bye.